There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by The Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, CEO and founder, and I am honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through paying it forward and giving back. Ethical business owners and holistic healers who are determined to create collective change in the world. Once we have a change in consciousness and through collective change, we can become one. My next guest was recommended by another guest and is an international speaker, author and property investor. Vicky Wachey started investing in property in 2008 and is focused on provoking empowering new thoughts about our financial futures and legacies. Vicky is still passionate about all things property related. She firmly believes that we are trained to think we will die young, but we won't. The doctors will see to that. So she helps audiences to identify and leverage their personal resources in order to create powerful legacies through their own form of non-traditional wealthy retirement. Spare time and travel restrictions notwithstanding, you would see her as a scuba diving nonna, property mermaid and Excel junkie. Vicky loves life and is grateful for every minute. I hope you enjoy connecting with Vicky as much as I did. Welcome, Vicky, to The Ethical Evolution. Hi, Bindi. It's really nice to be here. You're so welcome. Now, can you tell us about your background and who you are? Yeah, it's it's funny, really. I feel like I've got this massive collection of T-shirts and and I've got the I was a single mother T-shirt, <laughs> I've got the I was divorced T-shirt, and I've got the really horrible I was redundant T-shirt, mm. t-shirt which, is a, which is a yucky word. I've got one of them. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a nasty thing to say about anybody. <laughs> yeah, just because you can't afford to pay them, that mm. you know, that's your issue, not not the the member of staff. But then I've also got a collection of really nice T-shirts. So I've got best-selling author T-shirt, mm. property investor T-shirt, business mentor T-shirt. I've got a nonna T-shirt because uh-huh. my dad was Italian, so I'm a an Italian grandmother of two. That doesn't mean to say I'm. Well, I am fairly round, but I'm not very round and I don't wear black. Um, And then I've also got a really interesting one, a property mermaid T-shirt. So I love scuba diving. Uh, Absolutely love scuba diving. But of course, we've curtailed that. So my latest T-shirt has been wannabe lockdown gardener expert. (laughs) You better come over and help me with mine. (laughs) Yeah, doing a mean tomato at the moment. Ooh. Um, now, for, for those listening, you're based in the UK. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, if you look at the map of England, I'm slightly below and to the left of London, very close to Heathrow, if you know Heathrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to be posh, I'm in <laughs> Surrey, darling. Oh, you're in Surrey, darling. Lovely. I'm in Surrey, darling. Yeah, just by about <laughs> an inch. But I'm in Surrey, darling. <laughs> now, tell us about your books. 
Okay, well, yeah, this is, I mean, you can see that I'm quite a chatty bird. So <laughs> this started off as a challenge from one of my mentors about outsourcing because um, I'm also quite of a control freak. You know, I like to I like to know that things are going to get done. And if you and I make an agreement that we're going to do it, I want you to do it. So I was having real difficulty with this outsourcing and virtual PAs and everything else. They said, right, you need a project. Um, why don't you write a book? Okay, fine. I'll write the book <laughs> and I'll do that. And that was back in 2010. And I had no idea. I don't th- I don't even know that I knew that it was really a book when it started out. I'm saying write a book, but it, it was a project really. And then it turned into this book. And so I ended up with 500 books um, written, edited, the front cover designed, printed and in my front room but they weren't on Amazon and none of this stuff had gone on and mm. I'd got no idea how this fit into my business and I had no idea how to market them, but that didn't stop me. And so that first book, I've gone on to rewrite four issues of it now um, and that's called Using Other People's Money, How to Invest in Property. And it's actually the story of the strategies that I've used and now some of the strategies that I haven't used and what worked and what didn't work in property. And then I've gone on to write a few more property books. Then I wrote um, a fun book of um, starting with the idea of if I ruled the world, which is quite <laughs> a theme of conversations mm. that I have, you know, what would the world be like? And then writing the story from the future, uh, thanking myself in the past for all the things that I did to create this amazing new world that the future is able to live in. I love that. Um, I love it. Yeah, so that's that's called the new estate. Again, I put all that effort into um, writing that one, and I didn't really. That was back in 2015, I think. Didn't really market that, and it's just an <laughs> ebook sitting on on Amazon. And then I got more serious about it. Then I got some professional help with the books. So again, there was a new edition of using other people's money, a new edition of my second book, make more money from property. Um, and then I wrote my uh, third book, which was called Property for the Next Generation. And then in 2019, I did my fifth book. And this time I got it right. So straight to number one, Amazon nice. bestseller in the top 50 for the whole of 2019. And that's called The Wealthy Retirement Plan, A Revolutionary Guide to Living the Rest of Your Life in Style. But the irony there is what it really should be called is if you knew a pandemic was coming and you wanted to survive financially, this is what you should do plan. Oh, much better byline, much better. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I might reprint it and go, that's what it is, but yeah. Wow. Jeez, that's that's a lot of books, a lot of books. <laughs> yeah, but what it's done is it's meant that my beloved other half, Bob, um, has not had to put up with all of those words coming out of my mouth at him. (laughs) (laughs) And even this, even this podcast conversation with you, I always think like all the words that I'm sharing with you, Bindi, or sharing with any of the other podcast guys that I've been on with are words that Bob does not have to listen to. (laughs) You know, I can just share them with you and then he just can sit there quietly for a bit. Oh, poor Bob. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So with all your books and what you do, there's obviously a flavour there around um, money and property and, um, you know, the future. Um, What would you say is your mission? It's strange, really. It's it's not a – 
I don't know, it's, it's almost too amorphous. I just want everyone to be happy, mm. you know? I think really that's what it is. And, and I wonder whether that comes back from, you know, the one of the T-shirts. You know, when I was divorced, I wasn't happy. We didn't have any money. Um, I didn't feel like I had, yeah, like a future really. I don't feel like I had a, a future. There was no... There was no thing that I was working towards. There was no there was no joy here mm. and there was no joy planned for tomorrow or for next week that I could get through today because the joy was coming tomorrow. Mm. So it wasn't any of that. And and then when I got out of it, that's actually been really important to me to to love the life I'm living today and to love the life I'm going to live tomorrow and next week and next year and so on. And I just I'm just so happy I just want everybody to be happy and I believe that if more people understood how money worked now this sounds like a really so I've gone from happy to money <laughs> because of the society that we live in money is such a source of misery for people Absolutely. and really all it is is a tool <clears throat> it's a word and a tool and if you understood how it worked we've kept it as this mystery we don't teach it in schools we're too snobby to talk about it you know, we would never say, I'd never say to you if I met you early on, so how much do you earn? How much do you spend? Oh, okay, so you're doing really well. You've got a surplus each month. That's great. Or, um, oh, you know, you seem to spend more than you earn. Um, you know, do you know that you're doing that consciously? We never have those conversations mm. with people. But those are the conversations we need to have and we need to have with our children because you then wouldn't waste money on rubbish and stuff you don't need. You wouldn't accumulate drowning quantities of debt. You wouldn't, you know, be miserable because of all of this. You could work out the life you really want to live. You could then work out how much it costs to live that life and then create your financial plan to live the life that you want. And by that, as a byproduct, imagine if we were all loving life, we were all happy. I know it's idealistic, but, mm. you know, it's my dream. And if we were all happy and living the life we want, then we would help other people and we wouldn't have to be greedy and we wouldn't have to be selfish. And we, all of those words could disappear. And, and it would almost be like that nanosecond we had in lockdown. And I, I don't know if you felt it in Brisbane, but that going out on a Thursday night and having a clap and appreciating the people Absolutely. that are there for us when we need them. Yeah. Um, meeting your neighbors, having a chat, you know, all of, all of the the wonderful things that came out of that little bubble that we were in, recognizing what's important to you, mm. and often it's family and friends, and not the crap that you have around you. You know, it's that is so true. And and you know what, I think that that bubble that you're talking of, and I think it was late March, uh, around April, that that really happened. Um, I know here in Australia, around Anzac Day, we really felt that because we all went out into our driveways with a candle for Anzac Day instead of actually going to services. And everybody in the street was out in their driveway with a candle and you could hear the last post playing. And that, I think, oh, wow. brought everyone together more than mm. the actual services did. And, mm. you know, yes, um, isn't it funny how something like that brings us together even though we're apart? And, yeah, um, yeah and I think there's so much around money 
that, mm. you know, I've spoken to a lot of money coaches and a lot of them talk about uh, money stories. So everybody's got a money story and, you know, it's related to the conditioning that they've had in their life. So whether it's, you know, the way their parents manage money or the way they were brought up or the experiences that they've had through adulthood, um, that's kind of influenced the way they are with money. Um, and it, it's very, very strange that we almost look at it as a taboo subject um, in, in social sectors, you know, um, around a dinner table with friends. Like it's not something we would, you know, be open and honest about. And I and think I, that has to change because we could really help each other. Oh, definitely. And then the thing is you use this word money stories mm. and these stories are things that people have told us but no one's educated us. Mm. Where's the financial education? Absolutely. And it's almost as if... And I, I know this isn't a conspiracy in the slightest. This is just, I feel, laziness and inattention. But those with money understand how money works. And because they understand how money works, maybe it's never crossed their mind that there are other people that don't understand how money works. Mm. And they probably, to use your money story words, have had the money stories from their family really that story is an education. So mm. they've had a money story that's an education, whereas other people may have had money stories that are a, a diseducation. Absolutely. Or or not even a diseducation, but a, a no education. Mm. You know, all this stuff that we do at school, maths, and mm. so many people have hated maths at school. I have to say I loved maths at school. And I, I do think that that helped. But recognising that the practical activity of maths by applying maths to your life, mm. you can make your life better, even though it seems like a very, you know, rigid equation and everything else, you know, um, income minus expenses must be more than absolutely zero. And that's, that's like those um, things that we used to do. And I, and I, I feel like they're called a quadratic equation, <laughs> you know, two X plus minus one Y um, equals more than Z, which is zero, or, you know, whatever it is. Mm. And, and it's that. And if we understood that stuff and going to the supermarket when they say mm. buy three for the price of two and when you look at it, you know, you've got 10p off and the unit price was higher and the special offer on the ketchup um, on the, the bigger bottle is more expensive than on the smaller bottle and then you buy a bigger bottle, it costs you more, mm. you take it home, you either eat more sugar through your ketchup or you throw it in the bin because it goes off before you can finish it. Mm. And, and it's just waste. And, and then that, you see, that's how it can ripple in. So then we wouldn't have as much plastic waste. Mm. We wouldn't have food waste. Mm. If we didn't have food waste, we wouldn't have to have intensive farming. If we didn't have intensive farming, we'd have bees. Maths could save the bees. Oh. Can you just like go and get into the school system, please? Because, you know, this is the thing that's come up through the conversations I've had as well as that in curriculum, in schools around the world, there needs to be education on finance, economics at a younger age and how it's practically applied in life. There's so much shit we learn in school that we never use just because others have done it. Um, yeah. I, and I get, you know, uh, I think when I was in primary school, um, we, you know, set up a bank account and we would bank money every week with a little, you know, wow. um, money box. And that became your bank account when you became an adult. 
um, for many of us. What, you did this in school? Yeah. Um, wow. But they never, like, they helped you to put money in there, but they never actually helped you apply things like budgeting, um, you know, economics, like uh, economy of scale, those kind of things. None of that kind of thing. Um, down to the practical kind of things like, you know, how many groceries should I buy for this period of time for one person or, you know, just working all that stuff out. Mm. Um, you don't get taught any of that. No, and that's quite interesting because we've got all the students just going back to universities now and like our niece is about to go mm. um, and move in today and the neighbour over the road, their daughter's going off tomorrow and the students next door have come in. And I'm just thinking about all these young people who don't know how to cook their dinners um, I know when my daughter went to university, she spent the first two weeks teaching people how to use the washing machine. <laughs> you know, there's just like so much stuff that goes on that's so ridiculous. And and yet, you know, I, I don't know, they'll 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 know sign and cause. Mm. Or or as my son-in-law is a PE teacher, they'll have got a good grade because they can hit a ball with a bat or throw a ball in a hoop. And yet they've got no life skills. And then this is what's wrong that employers then turn around and go, well, you know, great. You've got a, a first class honours, but you can't open a jam of jar, a, a jar, um, take the lid off of a, a, a jam of jar, jar, of jar, jam. Of jam. Jar, <laughs> jar, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, and, you, yeah. know, you can't yeah. take that. You, you know, you've got a first, you can write me a dissertation, 10,000 words on, on, you know, the politics of something or other, but you can't take the lid off a jar. Yeah. And it's it's this sort of mismatch with what's important. But what's also been interesting is um, we've got this thing here called Extinction Rebellion. I oh, don't know same if here. You've got it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, have you? Mm. So it's really quite interesting. I, mm. I haven't like picked up on whether they were doing it globally or not. Yeah. But so many young people. I mean, of course, what the press shows, what the news shows, is the weirdo, yeah, um, sort of hippie one with the dreadlocks with his shirt off obviously stoned off his face dancing around <laughs> and, and they portray it as that. Yeah. But if you get behind that, what you've actually got is young people really passionately interested about saving the planet. Mm. But that takes money mm. and that takes um, a will to use the money differently. Mm. You can't use the money differently unless you understand how money, work, money works. And I've been speaking to some people and I've got a friend who set up a group because it's always this, well, what can I do personally? Okay, so I recycle. Mm. But then I don't actually know whether my recycled rubbish goes to India into a landfill and is just causing another problem mm. or if it's genuinely recycled. So what we've started doing as a family, and I don't know whether you do it because when we went to... Oz, we went to Coles and yep. and we watch Australian MasterChef. Oh my God, I love Australian <laughs> MasterChef. But you know, putting all the the fresh veg into a plastic bag yeah. and then tying it in a knot so that I can then carry it home conveniently. We don't do that anymore. We literally take our and we buy them loose rather than in a plastic bag. Yeah, buy three carrots that we want that they're fresh because mine were all very deformed and very sad looking, <laughs> tasty, but very weird alien creatures. So buy the carrots that we want and just put them in the shopping trolley. Mm. And then, do you know what? It's not difficult to pick up three carrots and put them on the scales mm. and weigh them and then put three carrots into your, you know, long life Hessian bag at yeah. the other end of it. And what can we do? Just these small things. But am I really making any difference? And actually maybe what I can do bigger 
is start to look at where I put my money. Who do I buy yes. from? Mm. Who do I buy from? Now I can start to influence the performance of a company through my buying decisions, but I can only do that if I understand about money. Mm. And I can only do that if I'm in the luxury position of having the money that I can make the decisions to do this. Because frequently at the moment, you want to buy organic, it's going to cost you more money. Mm -hmm. You want to buy from the farm shop, it's actually going to buy you, you know, you go to your your Coles or your Tesco's or whatever shop you've got, it's cheaper there, it's mass produced. The farmers aren't rich people. No. The reason they're doing intensive farming is because they have to maximize the yield of the land because they're being paid so little. So everything has got Mm. mass mass farming to produce mass amounts of food so they can go into mass supermarkets so we can buy too much so that we can throw it away. Mm. And if you can reverse your understanding of money and get yourself into a position where income minus expenses leaves you with a surplus, you can then make choices with that surplus money that you've got, Mm. either to more money into time to enjoy yourself or to put more money into things that matter to you like choosing where you buy your food choosing whether it comes in a plastic bag that type of stuff you know and that's that's exciting yeah and I think again the pandemic has helped to highlight this because for a lot of us we haven't been able to travel far so we've had to spend our money locally in our own communities and I think um, now as we're starting to get beyond our little radius um, and we can get out into the more remote areas, um, we can actually help those farmers um, by by actually going out with – we've got this campaign here called um, – uh, I think it's like Empty Esky. So you basically put an esky or a cooler uh, in your car and you go out west and you, you go visit all the farmers and buy produce and put it in the esky and bring it home. So, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. So they actually have a campaign where you go around with an empty esky and you buy all the stuff and bring it home because we want to help local economy. So um, instead of – I love of, that. Yeah. I love that idea. So I think – We did it yeah. We did it through um, going to the farm shops and doing pick your own. Mm. Um, so we went out and we um, – we, well, it's a, it's a great thing to do. So I, I, maybe you're not getting the same quite buzz if you're going to the farmer to just – buy it as mm. opposed to if you pick it but you're probably getting a nice day out by going out mm. and going somewhere different for a change and change of scenery and all that but but picking picking the fruits off yeah. the trees and putting them in your pallets and then coming home and you know making strawberry ice cream and um freezing the raspberries so that we've got you know literally mm. i have picked them that morning and frozen them you know almost like we have a chain here called bird's eye that do the peas yeah and they always bragged that the peas were frozen within so long of picking yeah but what you're missing with a lot of this stuff is that they haven't let it ripen in the first place Mm. so what we learned was you know when you squeeze the fruit you know if the fruit gives us it's ready to come off of Mm. the raspberry bush or it's the blackberry bush or wherever and learning how to take apples off the tree and learning how to pick cherries off the tree and all that sort of stuff which has been really really exciting and then having that produce here and it does taste different Mm, yeah absolutely it does yeah but that takes money it does and it does cost a little bit more but you know there's so many positives to you know actually you know looking at the way we spend our money in so many ways 
um, mm. whether it be our food or, or everything that we have in our homes, um, sometimes cheaper isn't always better. No. Um, no. Whether it be for a number of reasons, including the environment, um, I, th- I think we just have to be more conscious and it comes back to having that ethical lens on things too, I think, um, which is what this podcast is all about, um, making sure that we are the agents of collective change um, and every little bit we do matters. So there's yeah. a, there's a p- thing that really hit me when the pandemic started and I did a video about it. It's on my Facebook page um, where, um, you know, you're in Britain, I'm in Brisbane. What you do today impacts my tomorrow. We're all on the same planet. It doesn't matter whether you're around the corner or on the other side of the world. We yeah. can see from this pandemic all it takes is one person's actions to change the world. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So true, isn't it? Mm. We, be, we are on an enormous rock mm. hurtling through the sky but we are so connected to one another. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And and isn't this amazing, you know, this technology that we've got. And I, I've been on loads of, I mean, we happen to be doing this on, on Zoom, but, you know, companies like StreamYard and all of these yeah. other sort of companies that have come up. But how connected this is, because I, I don't know that you and I would have spoken if it hadn't been for the pandemic, because I would have been doing what I always did. I wouldn't then have gone oh, well, I can't go out speaking in front of mm. people on a, you know, live event. And again, even this has now become um, environmentally friendly because Absolutely. I used to go out and travel all over the UK speaking at large events. And now what I've done in the space of, I don't know, how many months are we in? Say six months in, I think I think you're number 45 or maybe even getting close to 50 podcasts mm. that I've done from the comfort of my home office. <laughs> I've not driven the car. I've not used petrol. Actually, that saved me money because I then also not had to stay in a hotel mm. um, and buy food away from home and all of those sorts of things. So I've reduced my costs. I've reduced my carbon footprint. I've connected with as many, but probably more people because I'm not only connecting with you, but I'm connecting with all of your listeners That's and, it. and and also all over the world because it's extremely unlikely if we hadn't had a pandemic that I would have flown out to Oz to come to your live event, mm. you know, and yeah. then that's good because then I didn't use the plane either. Yeah. But we're still having that that conversation, that connection, sharing the insights and and looking at the ways that we can do things differently. We don't we don't have to do things the way we did them before. And if you have that foundation of feeling confident about your understanding, your control even of your finances, you can then feel brave to speak to your employer and go, I want to do things differently. Mm, I want absolutely. to be able to work from home two or three days a week. Mm, mm. Well, it's just, it's changed the way we work as well. Um, and I know for mm. me, like we were talking off, off air, um, uh, you know, how I also work in a full-time job and um, I now work from home three days a week. I love it. Absolutely love yeah. it. Um, and aren't you more productive? Absolutely. Absolutely. The thing is, it's, it's a win-win for the employer and mm. the world. So you're not driving, you're not using your car, we don't need all this office space. One of the things we've got in the UK, you're a huge country, I don't even know if you would have this same problem, but we really struggle in the UK with enough housing. Mm. We have people who are homeless, and that's 
beyond criminal. Why have we got people on the streets? We wouldn't need that. If we don't need all the office space, if we have half the office space we need, we could have all of those converted into homes. We wouldn't need homeless people. We wouldn't need to have overcrowded people. We wouldn't need to have people in poor housing conditions because we would have enough of that. Mm. And, and on top of that, all of those companies that let all of that office space go, the owners of the office space would still benefit because now they would be housing instead of offices. And all the off, off businesses would benefit because all their staff would be home being more productive. Mm. Yeah. You just have to find a way to communicate. It's just, again, and we are so lucky. I was talking to somebody about when I started my degree. This is a million years ago. In 1992, I went to university. It may as well have been another universe. Mm. I first started typing my dissertation. I had a blue screen with a little flashing white dot, and I had to enter code in order to access something called WordPerfect, <laughs> which was the ability to use a screen like a typewriter and then press a button and get it to print out the other side. And I, had, I couldn't save it on the machine. I had to save it on a little square disk and all this sort of stuff going on. I mean... We don't know how lucky we are. I think we don't recognize how much the technology could enable us to be this change that we want to be, you know. Absolutely, and yeah. It's exciting. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah, and this is just the beginning. I think there's so much more to come. And, like, I I am so lucky that I get to speak to people around the world about the change that they're creating, like you. Now, I want to know from you, and I know this is left a field. I didn't prepare you for this one. Um, <laughs> I want to know what your top tip is out of the wealthy retirement plan. Mm. I would say work out what really matters to you. And that sounds like an easy thing to say, but it's actually a really deep introspective question what what really matters to you and then write it down as an exercise mm. don't just go oh yeah of course my family why mm. who specifically why and then else who and then what and then why and carry on and carry on and carry on and then as you get into the flow of writing you can tap into thoughts that were you know further back in your mind not front of mind but further back in your mind and you'll be amazed at what can appear on this piece of paper because you'll start with the obvious but then you'll get into stuff that really makes you go yeah you know I, I'd forgotten how important that was to me because life was in the way and I'd forgotten that I was passionate about this I, I watched a um, a program on the tv last night and the character went back through their photo album and they were saying how when they were younger, you know, they used to protest and, and stand up for climate change. And then they got a corporate job. Mm. And actually the damage that they were doing in the job was so against their own original ethics, the core of who they were when they were younger. How did they get so disassociated mm. with the essence of who they were? And can we go back? Can we go back and, and just explore that? And once you know that, once you can step back into those shoes to to own that jacket to be that person that you are proud to be 
you then have the motivation to do everything. You'll have the motivation to sort your money out. You'll have the motivation to make better choices. You'll have the motivation to go out there and connect with people that can support, encourage, challenge you, drive you on, hold you accountable, whatever it is in your life. And you can, you can make those connections. Um, yeah, it's, I think that's a, a really powerful starting point for everything. Because if you don't know what matters to you, then nothing matters, does it? Yeah. If nothing matters to you, you merely become part of someone else's story. That's it. Because if you if you don't if you you're not driving your thing that matters, mm. then I'll use you as an employee for the things that matter to me, which may be completely opposed to the things that actually matter to you. If only you would stand up and own them. Mm. And I don't know whether you saw my Facebook post today, but. Um... I think it's bang on with what we're talking about right now and it was something along the lines of whatever you give the power to has the power over you definitely if you allow it to yeah um so it's really about taking that power back and mm. it's also coming back to your purpose and um I do a lot of work with a, a sound healer and we had a recent conversation where we were talking about our purpose. And I, here I was thinking, I found my purpose. I know why I'm here. <laughs> and uh, she said, your purpose is to be you. And I went, oh. It was profound. It was just like you could have heard a pin drop. I just went, oh, I get it now. So when you are unapologetically you. Yes. And you own everything that is your story and take control of it and power, that's and where you make, yes, that's yeah. where you make true change in all aspects. That's so fascinating because I, I didn't see your post because obviously you're in the middle of the night and I'm like <laughs> still <laughs> starting the day here. But I was, um, I was on two calls yesterday. So one of the calls was uh, with a woman based in Jordan who coaches senior leaders and her name's Areej and she helps people get the spark back their joy right mm. and another woman was based in uh, Ireland Mary and she's a dress designer and, and everything else going on and what we got out of our conversation is it's about giving yourself permission to be you yeah and sometimes we find ourselves in situations in our lives where the people around us don't support us to be us they're they're saying things and, and I remembered and I got up in the night because I had this idea and I needed to just type it and then I went back to bed again this thing of when I was at school I was told I asked too many questions mm. how can you say that to a kid in school surely that is the purpose of education is to ask questions but you know that felt like I was being put down mm. and how many times for a period in my life I felt like people were saying oh you're too much Vicky you're too this you're too that you're critical and then I went into university when I was 28 and my marriage had broken up and I got the kids one and three. And then I found that I was in an environment that allowed me to explore who I was, to, to start to blossom really and to, to feel more confident and more happy in who I was. And then I got into a, a work situation and again, the conversations were sometimes about you're too this, Vicky, you're too that. And then I got into property and I blossomed again. Then I started on the pre speaker circuit. And there was this guy who I worked for them for a year. And every month I would go and speak at their property events. 
So they must have thought that what I had to offer was of value. They'd introduce me. But the way this man introduced me every time is this is Vicky Wache. She's been doing amazing things in property. She can really tell you about how to set up a property business, but she's really scary. <laughs> she's scary. And he would tell <laughs> he would tell the audience before I even mm. opened my mouth that I was scary, but that it took me ages. And then I would feel very apologetic and I'd make mm. these silly like, oh, yes, but I give really nice hugs. I'm not that <laughs> scary. I'll, I'll give you a hug afterwards, honest. You know, and it's like I just... And then that belittles you before you mm. can stand into your space and, and speak your truth. And what I realized is it's about him. Mm. And so what you're saying is all of our purposes are to be us. And if people are not supportive of you being you, now there's a caveat to this. You know, maybe you do talk a lot, but if what you say is of value, maybe that's okay. But do you stop? And also listen, yeah. you know, because they say one mouth, two ears. I know I never do that so much. <laughs> but, you know, I'm aware of it. I spend my time going, putting a hand over my mouth, count to 10 before you say something, Vicky, to give someone else in a social situation, <laughs> give somebody else a chance to jump in, take a breath, <laughs> you know. But if it's not something that is a um, an observation designed to help you further you potentially challenge you but in a way that pushes you forward if it is something that is being said that is trying to anchor you where you are for the benefit of others around you because they don't want you to move off and leave them they don't want you to shine and leave them in the shadow yeah then don't allow that to happen in your life and move towards people who will allow you to shine and will shine their lights on you as you shine your lights back on them you know exactly so so true so I know we were talking about ethics for a little bit there and decision making so I have to ask you can you define what being ethical means to you I think it's a oh I would yeah wow I would say ethical feels like true honest but now we've had that conversation I wonder if ethical is actually more like authentic as well Mm. in that you know if you are you and you're being you and I believe that everybody is essentially good at the start at the heart at the core that if you are you then you can't help but be ethical Because you are a wonderful human being, you know, that it just, it just happens. You then don't need to be ethical because by being the true you, you will be, you'll be authentic, you'll be honest, you'll be ethical, you'll be supportive, you'll be kind, you'll be all of these things. Um, And then you don't have to then be ethical on the top. Yeah. Because it's fair. We wouldn't actually need that as an adjective anymore. It would just be. (laughs) Um, you being being human mm. would mean all of these words yeah but I don't I don't I don't feel that we're there no and therefore to be ethical is this word that we can use as a measure that judges the decisions that we are making do they come from a good place with the intention of a good outcome for all that they impact on mm. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so 
I got to ask you, um, what are your future plans? Any more books in the in the works, or what, what's what's coming for you? Oh goodness! Uh, well, there's there's a couple of things. There is accidentally a book. Um, <laughs> I did say that I wasn't going to having written what I want. I wasn't going to write a book for a while, and my accountant goes, "Oh, don't don't keep writing books. Just you know, just get on and do normal stuff like normal people do." And then I. <laughs> Oops, it pops out. Oops. So I, I met a guy who's written um, a series of books called Me in a Minute, a 60 Ways To. And so he's got 60 ways to um, improve your life in 60 seconds. And there's sort of 60 tips. And I was chatting to him because he's another another podcaster mm. um, and he's part of this group. And I'll mention that to you in a minute as well. Yeah. And he wrote this book and I went, where's your me in a minute, 60 seconds to improve your financial life? And he went, I don't have that. And I went, what do you think? And he went, yeah, we could do that. So we're now in the middle of co-creating those 60 chapters that are going to be, you know, short, sharp things that you can follow that if you just did one a day within two months, you could sort of turn everything around for yourself. Mm. But one of the other, the way that I met you is through being on a podcast with Reverend Cherie, who's out in the States. Mm. And Sid, who's done these books and all of these other people. And I felt like I have met such amazing people that what I want to do is see if there's some co, well, collaboration, collaboration, but co-creation that we could come up with. And when we're looking at the moment at how we can create um, a Zoom meeting where we can bring the, uh, the states the uk yeah. <laughs> europe and australia all in the same place at the same time so there's there's that sort of stuff going on so i'm doing that but um it's it's this this idea of it's there's some energy there that we can um bring to to bring this change mm. be it ethical or otherwise um but of course then then you like you've got your day job on the side of all of this you know <laughs> lunatic creation and coming up with ideas and and podcasting I mean you know I did four podcasts well three yesterday and you today so four podcast interviews this week I'm still working with clients I was speaking with a a young guy just before this he wants to start investing in property so I'm still helping people learn how to a manage their money and then invest their money so that they can then create sources of income that enable them to live the lives they want and then who knows what they'll go on to um, I'm still working with clients who've got existing portfolios that are struggling for whatever reason. Often they've gone down a path, um, and I refer to it as the merry-go-round. Someone said the merry-go-round at the fun fair was fun, and it is for the first go-round. <laughs> but if you stay on, if you pay more money and you stay on, and you get your next job and your next job and your next job, you start to feel a bit sick after a while. And everybody else is off the fun fair and they're going off doing other things and experiencing mm. other rides and you're just going round and round and round. And so I have quite a lot of clients that have been on the, on the merry-go-round and want to get off or they're still on the merry-go-round. Um, yeah. And, and just their life isn't as they, they wanted it to be. And so I help them come back to that essence of what really matters to you. Where's the clarity what are you doing about your financial control? What resources have you got? And then how can you leverage all of this to create that life and that legacy that you want to live? And that is the five principles that come out of the Wealthy Retirement Plan. Right. Clarity, control, resources, uh, leverage, and legacy. And when you follow that 
pattern round and you go round it again and again. And I even created um, an online um, questionnaire that sort of tests you against those five principles, gives you a score and a report. Mm. Um, and you're welcome to share that uh, with your listeners. We mm. can put those in the show notes afterwards. But if you just go to the website, you can do that. And it's just so, you know, if you can become more consciously aware of your situation, you can make better choices and better decisions and then have a better life, be happier, and then make a more positive income uh, impact on the world, you know? So absolutely and i think um <clears throat> i think that's a big i think that's the big um center of of what you would do i would say and that's awareness because a lot of people <laughs> are going through life with blinkers on when it comes to money they really are um yeah. and i know for me i think it was last year i um i did this online course which was about money money and manifesting and and stuff like that so ways that you can reduce um you know, your expenditure and, and bring in more revenue. And um, <clears> the <throat> one of the first exercises was to work out your net worth. And I just about fell off my chair. And I was like, whoa, that was like the biggest wake-up call I've had in my life. Um, and, you know, 20 years ago I was bankrupt because of the way I'd been brought up with money and I'd not had that education tell you what there's nothing like bankruptcy to teach you about money (laughs) been there been there you know I I got married and I was um pregnant with our first child when uh my husband's at the time's business went bankrupt and we and I've I've been on benefits I've been in social housing and I think sometimes that's because of the people that I've been with and their lack of education But equally, and this is the taking responsibility, had I had the financial education, I would have recognized that they didn't have the financial education. And I think there are even some people out there. So, you know, that um, grid that you could be um, uh, unconsciously unconscious, Mm. then you can be consciously unconscious, then you can be consciously conscious and unconsciously conscious, that thing, that that thing. I remember who that's by. But I think people are like that with money. There are people out there that don't even know that they don't have financial education. Then there are people that know that they're not financially educated. Then there are people that want to be financially educated and people that are financially educated. And how do you help people who don't have the language to ask the questions to get the help they need. Mm. And it was like that for me when I first started out in property. When I look back over my life, and this is the lessons hindsight can teach you. When I look over my life, property was there all the time, but I didn't have the words to articulate what this thing was that I was seeing. So I never understood that it was a thing. But you don't have that excuse now. Mm. We have so much. I mean, we didn't even have telly 24 hours a day. I am so old. (laughs) We didn't even have telly 24 hours a day when I was a child. Uh, Yeah, no, we did have telly when I was a child. But, you know, it was just like the TV used to go off at times. Yeah. Uh, But now TV's on all the time. And there's so many programs that you could watch that the storyline would hint to you that there's something going on. There's the internet. We didn't have the internet when I was a child. In fact, we didn't even have the internet when I was in my late 20s, that's how old I am. Um, but you can you can Google things now and you might not get the question right the first time. You might not get the answer you're looking for for the first time. But you can get there. There is no excuse now to sit in that look, little box going, 
oh, wow, I, I didn't know that I didn't know. No, you didn't care that you didn't know. Yeah. And that's the difference, you know. And I think people do care. They just need to care about this more, about their life more, about their children more, about the future more, about the planet more than they care about just watching telly or buying the latest thing or playing a computer game or sitting on the sofa and drinking a beer or smoking a fag or whatever it is. You know, the 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 things that keep you down, you just need to care about other things and the world will be your oyster. That's it. It's so true. Um, so if people want to find out uh, more about you, Vicky, uh, where can they go? Well, I think the easiest thing is if you can spell my name. Yeah. So, <laughs> which is a bit like you. <laughs> so Vicky will say V-I-C-K-I and then my surname is W-U-S-C-H-E. Yep. And literally that will get you to my Facebook, my um internet uh my website my linkedin my youtube everything and of course if you find your way to my website and then you go vickywilshay.com you can put in forward slash scorecard and you'll be in a position where you can get access to that online audit i spoke to you about oh cool yeah you get some emails from me but more importantly you'll get a personalized report with your score and a list of actions that you can follow to start turning your life around brilliant brilliant we will share those links um, on Ethical Change Agency as well, Vicky. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Now, I've got the last big question for you. I hope you're ready. Yes, I am ready. What's the change you would like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? Well, I, I think that what I would really like to do is see more people being happy, um, getting more people listening to more podcasts like this um, and starting to make that shift from being unconscious in your life to being conscious in your life and, and taking ownership of who you are and then looking at how you can both support yourself and others support you so that you can be the difference that you want to see. Yeah, no, that's, I like that. Be the difference that you want to see. Um, and you can be that by stepping up and being all you can be. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of bees in there. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of bees in there. But if, if you can recognize what's important to you, own that, take responsibility, grow it, nurture it, and be you, the best you that you can be, Imagine the the impact that you could have on the world. Mm, exactly right. And I think, you know, if you look at any of the most successful people in the world, or successful, I'm using inverted quotes, um, they are truly passionate about something and they do not waver on their focus or their determination on that. And I think whatever it is that the change you want to make, you've got to put your, your all your focus in it and your passion and your purpose and um, and that's pretty much where you're going with that. So I think, yeah, yeah I think if we all find our thing, um, that collective change um, is, is going to ripple globally. Yeah, yeah. No, I really agree with you. And, and I think that that's just so exciting that we're on a – I felt that this decade, last year, I felt that this decade was going to be an exciting decade. And I wonder whether 
Mother Nature has sent us this shock to wake us up because we were just absolutely yeah not not being all we could be yeah yeah um and i think we've got to i think we've got to build on that i think we've got to i think we've got to take this forward i think we've got to be brave to i was using the phrase brave new world and and that's a book um that has got a whole different meaning but mm. i think we've got to be brave so that we can create this new world that we want to see because we have it in our power and we've abdicated that power to those in government for far too long and we have a society set up so that there are a group of people if you're lucky you actually get to vote for someone decent but more often than not it's just voting for people you don't really know so many people don't even vote because they're disengaged and then we give these people the power to make decisions about our lives mm-hmm. and they're making decisions but don't share the same values as us mm. but we can make that change from the ground up if we just step into our own selves and then and go from there as we've said in the podcast so true well, yes. Yes. Look <laughs> at us go. Vicky, I can't thank you enough for joining us on the Ethical Evolution. It's been an absolute blast. Oh, lovely to speak to you with Bindi. And I hope this is uh, the first of many conversations that we have on and off of your podcast. Oh, I think it will be. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution podcast. If you're an ethical business owner, change maker, or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world, and you need support to spread your message, visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us, from renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. Electric Cast.